This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with Jason Shear. And it's our second podcast of the week in our usual fashion as we preview Oregon's defense for the game on Saturday, Arizona versus Oregon at Arizona Stadium. What time is kickoff? Six o'clock. There it's we go. Six o'clock. What Might channel? Rain too. What Might channel rain. is it on? Uh, it's a beautiful Pac-12 network. Oh, wow. At least we get my guy Yogi Roth. Yogi is nice. Who's Jed Fish's bestie. So Clearly. He gets retweeted all the time. They're, yeah, best friends forever. Wonderful. All right. Well, speaking of BFFs. Oh, there we go. I mean, we're BFFs, but I, I was thinking about Oregon's defense to Oregon's offense. Oh, wow. That was deep. That was a good segue because uh, we need to talk about what is the strength of Oregon's defense. Yeah, it's it's pretty clear when you watch Oregon play that the strength is uh, the defense against the run. They've been absolutely terrific against the run this season. Second in the Pac-12 and 17th nationally in rush defense. They're allowing less than 100 yards per game. Uh, they haven't allowed a team to rush for 150 yards in a game this season. Eastern Washington, 100. BYU, 61. Washington State, 53. Uh, Stanford hit 127 because they got it in the blowout, basically. But Oregon's 44th nationally. They only allow 3.5 yards uh, per carry since week two. The reason we count week two is because in week one, they faced Georgia, which kicked the absolute crap out of Oregon. Uh, but since that game, Oregon's been second in the Pac-12 and 13th nationally with only 85 rushing yards allowed per game. So uh, Oregon, and we'll get to personnel and all that, but when you're looking at ways that Arizona is going to attack this defense, it's going to be really hard to run the ball on Oregon. Uh, you can pretty much assume that if Arizona finds a way to run the ball on Oregon, Oregon's probably in trouble because it's something that just hasn't happened uh, you know, Georgia's the best team in the country. Uh, again, they kicked the crap out of Oregon, but comparing what Georgia did to, to what Arizona is going to try to do, it, it's kind of a waste of time. You look at the comparable teams like the BYUs and Washington States, and, and they couldn't run on Oregon at all. And, and most of that is that defensive line and linebacker unit is just really, really good. Okay. Um, Oregon's defensive line likely has a lot to do with the run defense. What stands out there? Yeah, they're, they're deep and they're talented and they're athletic. Uh, Brandon Dorless is the Pac-12 defensive lineman of the week for the second time in three weeks uh, against Stanford. He had two sacks, three tackles for loss. Uh, he was the co-defensive lineman of the week with seven tackles, a sack, and one and a half tackles for loss against BYU. Um, he's a guy where a lot of it has been potential, uh, but he's kind of putting it all together. Last season, he had 25 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, was first team all conference. Uh, he is really good. He's one of the better defensive linemen 
that Arizona will see. And then you go cut DJ Johnson, uh, who's more versatile because he, he was an outside linebacker. He was a tight end. Uh, Arizona really wanted him. If you remember, related to PJ Johnson, Arizona really wanted him coming out of high school, but couldn't make it happen. Um, you know, he, he was moved to offense during the COVID season, but now he's defense full time. Had two sacks against Washington State, had a sack against Stanford, has four sacks on the season, which leads Oregon in his third in the entire conference. And then they have other guys as well, but those are the two that, that kind of stand out to me. And, and they're good and, and they're aggressive. And, you know, Oregon isn't leading the nation or anything like that in sacks, but they have two guys that really give fits and cause quarterback hurries. And um, sometimes sacks have become, I, I don't remember who it was, but uh, one of the better head coaches in the country was saying how sacks is kind of not the stat that it used to be because if you get a hurry and you're forcing turnovers or you're forcing guys to throw away the ball and all that, it may not show up in the box score as a sack, but there's really not a ton of difference. And so a lot of times the teams that lead the nation in sacks, you know, like Georgia, for instance, doesn't get a ton of sacks, but, um, you know, Oregon gets a lot of pressure. They obviously are very good against the run, and that defensive line is a big reason why Doyle's and Johnson are kind of the anchors. But uh, there's very clearly other guys that, that are kind of able to, to step up and make an impact. Well, moving on to the linebackers, I take it that you like that group as well. Yep. I mean, you can't stop the run, as Arizona knows, without a, a strong group of linebackers. I mean, like with Arizona, when you're looking at Arizona, you can make the case that the defensive line has been fine with Keon Bars, Parrishans, Eccles, etc. But the linebackers is where everything kind of falls apart beyond Jerry Roberts. With Oregon, they're just as strong at linebacker. They have Noah Soul. Uh, 180 career tackles. He has seven double-digit tackle performances in his career. 17 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks. Uh, he has at least five tackles in 20 of his last 26 games played in 13 of 14 games last year. Uh, he, he had the most returning tackles in the conference returning from last season with 84. Number eight in the Pac-12 with five and a half tackles for loss, tied for 13th with two, with two and a half sacks. He is a future NFL player. Then you go and they got... Uh, Mesa Funa started 12 games last year in his third season, uh, had a tackle for loss, a fumble recovery, was seventh on the team, overall defensive grade from PFF, uh, very good against the run, very good tackler, uh, just all around solid player. They got Jeffrey Bassa uh, last year as a true freshman, started seven of Oregon's last nine games at inside linebacker, was actually a defensive back and moved up similar to, to Colby Cage. Um, but played a, a ton of snaps at linebacker, stayed at inside linebacker as a sophomore, and then entering this weekend, he's second on the team with 23 tackles. He had 10 tackles against Washington State. Their linebackers are are really good. I mean, it, it, the reality is, Shelby, the defensive line and the linebacker, that group um, is probably as good as Arizona is going to see all season. Uh, it, they're just a, a solid unit overall. They're athletic. They force turnovers. Uh, it, it, they're they're d pretty decent in coverage, and we'll we'll get to that strategy. But it just overall, uh, it, it's a strong group. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is this is also not promising. I know. I like I like when we do podcasts, and you're like, Jason, what the what the f? What the f? Yeah, Jason? it's your fault. Your best. <sighs> your BFFs with, you know, the coaches and stuff, right? <laughs> and Donald Duck. Yeah, right. Um, okay, well, we've talked about all of the strengths. I mean, is there kind of one of those, what is it, Death Star weaknesses? 
That was a Star Wars reference. Ooh. What is the weakness of this defense? Ooh. <laughs> uh, there's two. Uh, and, and it's not all defense. There's offensive penalties as well. But Oregon is not disciplined, which is kind of wild with Dan Lanning. 14 penalties against Stanford. Uh, so most penalties Oregon's had are more than five yards. The Ducks are 116th nationally in penalties. They get 72 penalty yards per game. That is a, a big deal. Now, you can be a good team and still get penalized. Sometimes there's not a direct correlation, but when you're on the road, you want to slow down penalties. Dan Lanning said it, it's a big focus this week because of how poor. It's not like Stanford was such a good team. They were forcing penalties. Sometimes that happens. Um, that that didn't happen. They, they're just an undisciplined team in that regard. And their weakness on defense actually plays to Arizona's strength, which I think has the ability to make this game more interesting than it probably should be. Oregon's secondary is not very good. Christian Gonzalez, the transfer from Oregon, uh, the transfer from Colorado, is a very solid corner. But as we've seen, it, it's not just one corner. You know, there's safeties. There's another corner. And they just haven't been very good. I mean, the Ducks are allowing an average of 282 passing yards a game, 10 yards, over 10 yards of completion, 12 passing touchdowns through five games. They're 119th in the country in passing defense out of 131 teams in the nation. Their pass defense is not good. Now, you can make the argument also that a lot of that is because other teams are passing so much because Oregon's good enough against the run. But the statistics don't back that up. Oregon allows a pretty high pass rating. Remember, when we talked about Colorado, it was like Colorado was saying, we only allow 114 passing yards a game. That was because their rush defense was so bad. And when you took a deeper look, it was like the second to worst in the country at, at quarterback rating allowed. Oregon does not allow a very... The quarterback rating that Oregon allows is not very good, like it, defensively. So their secondary struggles. They've struggled this season. Arizona has the best group of receivers. Uh, you know, it. I, I don't like saying abandon the run because I think you have to... You have to have a good mix to keep them off balance. But with that being said, if the run's not working, Jed Fish isn't going to sit there and waste time when he knows that Oregon's defensive weakness is in the secondary. Mm -hmm. And the bat, the whole idea of balance goes out the window if they're able to throw. And, and Arizona's seen better secondaries this season already than Oregon's. Um, again, Christian Gonzalez, really good corner, but it's deeper than that. And they have Oregon has a lot of depth at linebacker. I mean, they, they have a lot of depth on the defensive line. They're really good there. That depth stops in the secondary. Perfect. It's not there. And so when you're looking at Oregon and you're saying, how can Arizona take advantage of weaknesses? It's the secondary and it's the penalties. So question, magic question number five, my favorite number, how does Arizona score enough on Saturday to I don't, win? I don't want to put pressure on Jaden Delora. But if, oh, okay. if Arizona, <laughs> I no don't pressure, Jaden. I don't want to. I refuse. If Arizona wants to win this game, he's got to have a good night. Right. There's no way Arizona wins this game if the average Jaden Delora or the bad Jaden Delora shows up. Now he's not putting up Colorado numbers where he throws 500 yards and six touchdowns and everything goes right. But if he can have San Diego State numbers. You know, that's a great night. And and that's, he just, he can't struggle against Oregon. He also has to take what's available. Yes, Arizona's the underdog. Yes, Oregon is better than Arizona. But that doesn't mean that he has to force the issue like he did against Cal. Part of that is obviously up to Arizona's defense and making sure they're in the game throughout. 
Jacob Cowing is going to be open quite a bit against this defense because Christian Gonzalez is probably going to be more on the outside. Um, you know, Jacob Cowing, one thing that people don't really talk about enough is he's a slot receiver. He's pretty much always got a mismatch unless teams adjust their entire defense. And I am really curious to see what Tosh Lapoy and, and Dan Lanning draw up because their defense secondary doesn't really match up against Arizona's group of wide receivers. One thing that I would look out for also is I think that this could be a big night for Tanner McLaughlin. Uh, yes, Oregon's linebackers are really good, but the way that Oregon plays defense, there's going to be gaps. Um, and, and Tanner McLaughlin in the middle of the field should be available. Tight ends. Cowing is going to get the ball in open space, and he has to be able to beat his man. But to me, I think the key is if the run's not working, forget it. Got to throw. Do not force the issue. You're wasting your time because Oregon's offense is so good that this feels like a game where Arizona is basically going to have to find a way to score every possession. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be a shootout. Um, it, 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 it's just, if it's not a shootout, it would really surprise me. Again, the over-under right now is like 70. So Vegas expects a massive shootout as well because the spread's only 13. Um, I say only 13 because over-under 70 with 13 is, is pretty crazy. But if Arizona's defense is making stops, it obviously changes the game. But, you know, I, I don't think it, Jetfish necessarily cares if they try to play a possession game because... That becomes really difficult against Oregon's run defense. You go out there, you're aggressive, and you try to score points through the air uh, and try to take advantage of Oregon's secondary. But it obviously there's more parts. The offensive line has to step up. Oregon's defensive line linebackers are really good. You know they're probably going to try to make Jaden Delora uncomfortable. It is up to Jaden Delora to give Arizona a shot on offense. If the Arizona finds a way with Wiley and Williams and Coleman and all that to run the ball, that's awesome and that changes the game completely. But if not, Delora has to let the game come to him, realize that he can't make every play, and, and kind of lead Arizona offensively. Okay. I mean, it also would help if Dorian Singer and McMillan have great right. nights as well. Right. Um, Everybody has to have – Arizona pretty much has to have – you know, the Colorado game I don't count because Colorado sucks. But against a good team, Arizona's got to have the best offensive game that it's had because it's it just – it's hard for me to imagine a situation – where Arizona consistently stops Oregon's run game. Oregon is one of the best teams in the country, run defense and run offense. Mm-hmm. And it's just a... You got to do what you do and do it well. And Ooh. we know what Arizona does well. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. Oh, that's a great song. Okay. okay. L. Cool J. Uh, the other benefit is, as of just earlier today i believe the game is very close to being sold out yeah arizona athletics tweeted that they had three thousand more tickets to go helped by family weekend i assume hispanic heritage night three thousand tickets to go on a wednesday afternoon you got to assume that thing's going to sell out so yeah and there's a lot going on in town this weekend there's a lot more people here shelby will be at the game so more people line up usually by the press box to try to get a glimpse of her oh my god so uh one person a couple weeks ago had a 
a piece of a bathroom door and asked Shelby to autograph it. It was very special. It's right. now on eBay for a million dollars. Right. So it's crazy out there. Whoops if it rains too. Whoops if it rains too. You know? Uh, yeah, we'll be in the press box. So it doesn't matter to us. Rain favors Oregon. Don't want it to rain. Ooh, yeah, we don't. No wind, no rain. You want it to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Sing it, Shelby. But it's nighttime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that didn't work. But well, I... it's 6 o'clock. The sun will be out for a little bit, right? Like, for 15 minutes. It's a big 15 minutes, dude. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, all right, any last Shelby, what are you predicting? Or... Are you oh, going, we're doing that Are now. you going with the gold? Are you, are you, I made fun of Shelby for the season, and I said, you don't have the ability to pick against Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, it hurts me. I put me. her on the spot. It She's hurts me to not pick Arizona. I, I will let Shelby think about no, it. No, no, no. You go first, because I already know what you're going to say. I'm picking Oregon. I just well, think, yeah, that's the... I think Oregon's offense is just too much. I don't think Arizona's going to get blown out off the field. I worry what happens if Oregon gets up big early, like even 14 to nothing. But I, I think it's when you look at all the factors, like you look at Oregon, for instance, and I, and I think Oregon's a good team. And I don't take what happened against Georgia to be real, because whatever. But Oregon was lucky to beat Washington State. Like that was wild, the end of that game. No one came around that game saying, oh man, Oregon's way better. The BYU team they beat, A, isn't that good, and B, was missing quite a few players. They haven't really beaten anyone yet, Oregon. Now, I'm not saying Arizona has either, but it could be one of those situations where, you know, they're probably not as bad as they were against Georgia, but maybe they're not as good as other people are thinking as well. Again, their weakness plays into Arizona's offensive strength, and Arizona's defensive weakness plays into Oregon's offensive strength. So it's going to be interesting. And then Bo Nix hasn't had one of those games, those Bo Nix games on the road just yet. So I could see this being closer. I just think that Arizona's run defense and what I've seen scares me if you're trying to pick an upset. Hmm. But I probably pick I'm probably picking Oregon by ten. Well 10 nothing, my probably. head agrees with you, but my heart oh, honey. cannot agree with you. You have a heart? It's it's very small, but oh. it, it's just got a lot of, it the only room for it is Arizona. Wow. Shelby, you heard it here first. 49 to negative 7. She's picking Arizona. <laughs> no, it will be a shootout. At one point. And if Arizona wins, it'll be close. It could be like, you know, just by a field goal. If Arizona wins, it's going to be one of those unbearable post-game podcasts. I'll tell you that right now. I mean. If Arizona wins, they're, in, they're due for one. Yeah, I, I've been consistent in saying I think Arizona's going to win one of these next six, five games. Whatever the gauntlet. Gauntlet hellish thing that they're seeing. So I will tell you right now, I'm not picking Arizona to beat USC. We just historically do not do well. See, I... I USC on I the road? I probably won't. No, it's at home. Oh, it's home. Okay, you're right. The one game that I don't see Arizona having any chance in the next five of winning is at Utah. Oh, no, no, definitely not. That's that. just not happening. So I, I think... I'm going to still pick Arizona. Wow. Shelby literally just said that Dan Lanning at some point on Saturday will ask for the game to be stopped out of mercy. Wow. Wow, Shelby. I don't think I said that. When did I say that? We were discussing on the car ride here our favorite duck dish. That's true. Um, I, duck foie gras? Well, I've had that. It's, it's not really a dish. It's duck like an orange? Duck a l'orange is really good. I eat duck raw. But I think my favorite is duck confit. Oh, come here. I right mean, now. the French just make duck the best. I, you know, obviously, 
They also give up a lot, similar to what you said Oregon would be doing. Coincidence? Don't think so. I mean... Wave the white they flag. They did get invaded, Jason. The French wave the white flag a lot, just like Oregon, according to Shelby. That's not what I said. Wow. There's, what a is turn. there another Shelby here? Wow. What is happening? Shelby right says, now? and I quote, Oregon reminds me of France. <laughs> they always wave the white flag. That's not quote. what I said. With that being said, wow. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. On a serious note, we uh, there was an incident on campus today. Uh, there was a, a professor that was shot and killed, and we do want to send our condolences to his family, students, friends, and everybody involved in our thoughts and prayers are with you all. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bear down. Oregon released their uniforms today. Shelby, take it. Blah. Yeah, cookies and cream. It doesn't even look... It you looks want to know what like, it honestly looks like? It looks like you're wearing a white shirt and bird shit all over it. It looks like someone took paint splatter and then just told you to stand there and threw it on you. Phil Knight's getting old, man. Step it up.